0: Coming up, Becky Glenn on Scotland's newest team, the Northern Lights, and that match in La Manga, while Andrew Chalmers and Manas Sahari star in our Pick of the Weekend's action. This is the Cricket Scotland Podcast.
1: Bowl out there, give Hamilton any wits, and we'll take you and Catherine Bryce comes under it she won't make any mistake that's the first wicket for Scotland
0: Six to win and Richie Barrington has finished it with a six and that's the win for Scotland they've secured the super over Oh, must be out it is out Scotland have done it
1: what a victory this is for Scotland the greatest in their cricketing history
0: Rosie, great to see you looking as well as ever. Another packed show to get through today. Uh, No feature game this week, but we do have our usual roundup of the weekend's action and our look ahead to next time.
2: We do, although it's a bit of a game of two halves today as my voice is going to change into that of Andrew Brock for the second half of the show, who's very kindly filling in for me, all of which means I'm going to have to wait until next week to take the consequences of my prediction On last week's show, which is hopefully, uh, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but yeah.
0: Yes, at the time of recording, we still don't know how Rosie's controversial too close to call pick from last week when she picked West of Scotland to beat her own Dumfries and Galloway side in the Wins Premier League turned out. Uh, You can be sure we'll pick up on that next time, though. The
2: thing is, I've realised that if I get a stick for this, then it's kind of a good thing because I know that my team are actually listening to the podcast. And if I get no stick off of my team, then I know they're not listening to the podcast. So I'm just saying. But let's start with our feature interview, as always. And one of the stars of last week, Scotland's international, Becky Glenn, whose 100 against Grange, helped Northern Lights make a winning start to their life in the Women's Premier League. Becky, really good to see you. Uh, it's taken a while to get you on, but we finally managed to do it. How are you doing?
3: I'm oh, good, thanks. I've been asking, a pestering Jake, I think he's annoyed at me. I keep going, Jake, get me on, get me on, get me in and tea.
0: <laughs> it's fantastic. We are delighted to have you on. And there is only one place we can start, really. Uh, and that's with the Northern Knights. You became the Women's Premier League season's first centurion on opening day. With your 102 against Grange, rapidly followed by Megan, uh, as the two of you laid the foundation for that big win that Rosie and I talked about last week. So, to start with, talk us through that innings, that game, a great win uh, and a great way for the new team to start.
3: It was awesome, right? Um, I turned up on Sunday having not really known anything or anyone um, apart from kind of Megan and Abby quick introductions and they were all off playing football and I was just like gosh I'm ready for some football right now kind of did a, did my own little warm-up and <laughs> we joined in or whatever and then Megan so Megan at the start was like I think we're gonna have a bowl I was like no Megan it's like please no <laughs> we've traveled like all this way we want to bat we want to bat as long as possible and put on some runs and she was like oh anyway anyway she lost the toss thankfully and then yeah we were obviously started off really nicely and Megan and I were both like we're just going to see how it goes and we, we started off quite comfortably we were like, well we would just wait for the bad ball and then see where we're at and I thought Neve and Catherine bowled really really well at us Neve especially Neve was awesome I and mean, then she batted so well as well but um we would just we just wait for the bad ball and and see how we go and then we got to about 70 and I was like let's see us through to 100 and then have some fun I mean, we we're having loads of fun anyway but I can't lie, we were egging each other on to get to 50, and it was a bit of a race. And you did mention that, whether it was or it wasn't last week, but it was a race, and I lost. Um, and then after that, I suppose it was just, we could just see how, see how many we could get and how much fun we could have. I got into, I think I was 87 at drinks, and Megan ran me out on 90 last season. <laughs> so we had a bit of a conversation. Um, but she was actually really good at, Seeing me through, there was a shot I played down the ground, I think, and she pushed for two to come back to get me back down at the end for must be ninety eight, um, and then yeah, good to see her go through as well. So it was fun.
2: And, and and we spoke um a lot last week about the history of the occasion. You know, the Grange has seen so many important moments in the men's game. How good is it to see women's cricket being played at that venue in particular?
3: Unreal. I have. I think we've actually played there once before as a as a regional game. I think um, I've definitely played there once, but the whole occasion it was just amazing. Um, John came in and spoke to everyone at tea, just thanking the club and the president and everything, and just saying how good it was to see women's cricket there. And I mean, he's not wrong. Like, it's there's no reason why we. How do I describe it? Like, it shouldn't be such a big thing, but it is. Like, this this conversation shouldn't be happening. Like, this should have happened a long time ago. But it's awesome that we're having it now. And hopefully, going forward, we can get... I think we've got Scotland games coming up there in the summer. And, like, this should just be a regular occurrence by now. But it's awesome that it's starting to happen.
2: Yeah, it's really exciting, isn't it? And, and, and talking about exciting, tell us a little bit more about, I guess, let's go to the Northern Lights now. And the original intention was to have... team up and running within about three years but you're obviously way ahead of that now how did the side come about and and how did you get involved Becky?
3: I'm not really sure how it came about if I'm honest I got involved through Elsa and Megan who both had heard about it and were really keen to get involved and they were asking me do I want to play do I want to get involved in it and the answer is always like absolutely the standard of female cricket in the North is so good. And the fact that we were missing out on that in the w is just, just really sad. But now we've got it again. It's really exciting. Um, there are some really strong players that were playing on Sunday and there's some that were unavailable that are still to come through and I think are playing this Sunday. Um, so, no, exciting.
0: Becky, I've, I've always loved watching you bat, the way you time the ball, as I mentioned on the report last week. And I know... It's been a long winter for you in getting back to full fitness, so you haven't had much by way of training. We were talking just before we came on air about that. I mean, how are you now looking forward to the season ahead?
3: I couldn't be more excited, if I'm honest. I have had, as you say, a hectic winter, I think is the only way I can describe it. Um, I had, obviously, hip surgery back in February and came back into Sunday with one training session under my belt. And I can't thank my team enough, like my team up north, Inverness have been amazing at getting me to this point. And then Cricket Scotland have taken over again and trying to get me back to playing and wherever else. But so excited. I think the last couple of months it's been tricky in that I didn't know when I'd be fit, when I could play. And I am I think everyone knows I'm obsessed with cricket. So I've been sat with a game on my phone, a game on my laptop, a game on the TV, and I'm sat there like, I want to play, it. just let me play, please let me play. But I couldn't even bring my knee to my chest, so That was kind of out of the question, but we've got quite a busy end to the season. I think there's quite a lot coming up. So to be back playing and with this time to get fit as well, is it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, not least that global qualifier, of course, which is going to be uh, immense for the Scottish game again. And uh, talking of qualifiers, you played a massive part in what was the greatest result in Scotland's history last summer. That win over full member Ireland at the ICC T20 World Cup Europe qualifier so let's look back on that game a little bit chasing 89 after a really good bowling performance but 42 for five when you and Catherine Bryce came together time starting to run out but there was that incredible finish to bring it home what are your memories of that game
3: a bit of a blur I remember walking out to Catherine and I was quite determined and I think my words were we are doing this and there was definitely some speeders in there at some point. Um, and then she was just like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, we're doing this." <laughs> um, and it just—I think it just went from there. We've we've batted well together previously. We've had some good innings. We had a good innings against Germany there in this, the same ground. Maybe two years previously, I think we put on a hundred and something.
2: I mean, I will give you some stats now, but you—you got twenty-two. Uh, of nineteen, and and Catherine got forty six, including those three sixes, which was a fantastic day, uh, and we were certainly buzzing. But is that? Do you think that that's your your best moment in the Scotland shirt, or is there another one to rival it? Do you think
3: for the team? Yeah, for sure. You can't rival that feeling. I don't think, and the feeling afterwards, where the girls were just so excited, and to stand at the other end to Catherine. Ah, I can't, it's like another level, the stick she hit to win the game I just watched it sail over my head and I was like am I going to have to run that and then I just watched and watched, I was like I'm going to have to run that she's absolutely smoked it um, she's like half running down the track at me and I was looking at her going we don't have to run that Catherine, what are you doing? what are you running at me for? Um, everyone will always say their debut is like up there with the best moments It my debut was probably my best moment but that is my best performance
0: for sure yeah i mean we're still waiting to see exactly when there'll be a chance to add to it when the next outing for scotland will be we spoke to george munsey last week about the challenges of finding fixtures of of keeping up with other nations who aren't standing still i mean what for you is the biggest challenge facing the women's team at the moment
3: honestly i would say the professionalism of of the players i think we've obviously have is it three players that are fully contracted down south and then after her essentially is, but then obviously it's busy with uni and other things. So I think as soon as more players are playing full-time and in Scotland playing full-time, then we have the chance to not always be underdogs. And I think you look at our performances recently against Ireland and we have the potential to, to beat them on any day, but they have the consistency because they train more and they play more and they do all these things always. We work really, really hard at our skills, but then it's all going to be on us. We need some more full-time players.
0: I mean, we, we've talked in, in the past about this whole idea of the level playing field and, and the fact that all of the teams above Scotland in the rankings have some some form of professionalism and and many of the teams below Scotland in the rankings do do too. I mean, it would be a real potential game changer for for Scottish women's cricket.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think the men have shown as well how much we as a nation punch above our weight, but to be given them that support, then who knows the limit for us?
2: You know, I completely agree. And it's really fascinating and I'm looking forward to seeing you on the field uh, at at Ducat Park when we play uh, you guys um, as it's Dumfries Galloway takes on the Northern Lights uh, for round six of the WPL in June so anyway but now let's finish up with our unusual trip behind the badge and our unusual our, our usual our unusual it's often
0: pretty unusual yeah
2: we, we're gonna yeah, yeah. we just keep that part in the podcast I don't know <laughs> anyway, our usual trip behind the badge with 10 quick fire questions off the top of your head. Right, are you ready, Becky? Yes. Okay. Best takeaway? Chinese. Do ghosts exist?
3: Yeah, my mum's actually seen them.
2: Favourite TV show growing up?
3: Oh, growing up, probably Doo.
2: Funniest teammate?
3: Between Abby and Sam. Sam is inappropriate. Abby is
2: quick. Town or country? Country. I felt like you were going to say that, actually. I don't know. I had a feeling. Walk on music? <sighs> um, I'm going to go really cheesy.
3: I'm going to go star girl. not fly.
2: Oh, I feel like Jake. That would be your walk-on song.
0: <laughs> <Jake> and- <laughs> I'm not good enough um, for walk-on music. Oh my word!
2: I'm going to start. I'm going to turn up to one of your Penny Cook games and play some <laughs> walk-on music <for> you. <laughs> Okay, okay. Sorry, uh, going off topic. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Absolutely.
3: Also, I- mango on pizza. So good. Oh. Now I, I
0: I go with you on pineapple. I'm not. I've never yeah. had mango. Right.
2: I That's feel it. like I don't trust either of you. And <laughs> um, best best joke. Uh, I have a really
3: inappropriate one that you will love, but I don't think I can say it on the podcast. Oh, I've got my mum's favourite. It's all good. Two biscuits across in the road. One turns to the other. Oh crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: That's like a dad joke, not a mum joke. And that was a
2: proper dad joke, by the way. I'm surprised George Munsey didn't come out with something like that when we were talking to him. Um, okay, so dancing or karaoke? Ah,
3: oh, terrible at both. Um, karaoke.
2: Favorite hundred team. Oh, now I'm going to
3: disappoint some teammates, aren't
0: I? Dangerous.
3: Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go with none of them. Northern Superchargers, like the colour.
2: Wait, <laughs> see, wait, see. And our favourite last question, Becky, if you could change anything at all about cricket, what would it be? So
3: I heard McGill two weeks ago talk about bowlers needing more whatever they needed. Lies, it's a batter's game. I was thinking maybe eights or tens if you hit it really far, but... Um, <laughs> I could change anything uh probably the equality in
2: what we get. Thank you for joining us Becky it's been great to have you and have fun for the rest of the the season ahead.
3: All right thanks for having me and I think just for me good luck to the men in America I hope they do really well and Rosie I can't wait to see you in June.
2: God
1: help. (laughs)
0: Becky Glenn. And since we recorded that opening sequence at the start of last week, the ICC has announced that Scotland is one of the five associate countries to be awarded ODI status as part of the revamped pathway for the Women's 50 Over World Cup. We'll be properly digesting that news and what the implications of it may be in next week's show. But back to today and our league roundup. And as Rosie said, I have a very special guest to help me do that. Formerly Grange, now Watsonian legend, Andrew Brock. How are you, sir?
1: Thank you for having me. As a very kind introduction. <laughs> I'm very well. How are you, Jake?
0: Oh, doing fine. Doing fine. Well, it, it's fantastic to have you on to chat all this through. So much to talk about. But before we get into that league action, we must chat a little bit about what we've seen of Scotland in Texas so far. Two games. Two hundred plus run results, uh, a defeat and then a win. What have you made of it so far?
1: Yeah, look, it's been been uh, obviously a down and up series so far for Scotland. I think after that first one, you're always worried having to come back the next day and perform um, without much rest. And it does look hot out there as well. But the ability to just put that loss aside and come back and with a really strong win, a really emphatic win I was really impressed with with how they went about their business like watching Richie Barrington bat is an absolute joy and he went and did it again scoring another 100 I I've just I can't get enough of watching that guy bat and uh, I'm delighted for him and he just seems to get better and better the other thing that popped out to me was was Hamza is just he looks like he's just nailed his spot down in that team he's he's taken the lead with the ball I would say looks. He looks fantastic, uh, and I'm delighted for him. And uh, as much as we can talk about that catch in Dubai, his fielding's just getting better and better as well. He looks... He just looks like he's improving all the time. So I'm delighted, delighted
0: for Hamza. Yeah, another worldie, wasn't it, in that second game? (laughs) Uh, Just extraordinary over his shoulder. How is he doing this? It's superb, absolutely superb. Um, And the strangest looking pitch, well, square really, I think, I've ever seen, you know, not a blade of grass on it. So much so they seem to be having to adjust the contrast on the live stream cameras to cope with the glare that's actually coming off it. Um, But it was was a kind of strangely subdued performance on Saturday, wasn't it, watching... From back here anyway the USA's knowledge of that venue definitely seemed to be to be telling in the way that they batted and they bowled but as as you said I mean on Sunday it was terrific Richie superb and Kyle as well I thought captained it brilliantly the way he used his bowlers what jumped out at me was when he brought Callum McLeod on for the fourth you know I think they conceded something like 20 off the first three Stephen Taylor got got a flyer off again but a really inspired move that put the brakes on and that was a feature all the way through. His his bowling changes were really really good.
1: Couldn't agree more. Uh, I've been very impressed with how they've gone about their business in in the field, especially. Um, I think they will have had. I think we'll have seen what Kyle said after the game on Saturday. They wanted to put a few things right. They wanted to uh, make sure they were better in all departments, and they were. Uh, and We've seen it in this series and the last when they brought new people into the team um, from having to rotate with games being so close together. The people that are coming in are stepping up as well, which is great to see that I think in the past we would have maybe relied on a few players to get us results. But now it's a whole squad performance that you, you probably don't know what your best eleven is right now. And um, that's probably a good place to be in as well.
0: UAE next up, of course, on Tuesday, then Friday, a chance to close the gap further on Oman, who've played 14 matches more than Scotland at the moment. All available to watch live and free on ICC TV. So let's look back over some of the domestic highlights from last weekend then. Uh, remember, you can catch all the results, stats and so on from CS Live, either via the app or the website. So Andrew, let's start with our Honours Board for Centuries and Fifers. A few new entries this week, starting with one you got to watch firsthand.
1: Yes, Andrew Chalmers with an outstanding knock. It was back against the wall type knock. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, after... Giving Stonywood maybe too many runs, we had 250 to chase, and we were I'd say 110 for five at one stage. And yes, Andrew was fantastic, he tempoed his innings fantastically, it was just very steady to start with. He knew that if he was there with 10 overs to go, we had a chance, and I think we needed 80 or 90 runs off the last 10. And brought, us, brought up his hundred brilliantly with a with a huge six, which was delightful. Some of the the striking he was doing was great, and then his dismissal. Uh, some people may have seen it was. Uh, looking back on it, it was a tough call. Um, it probably was a uh, it was a full toss, probably was a no ball, and it wasn't given, which turned the tide of the result. I would say, but look. These things happen, uh, I think, when we were talking after the game. We knew we'd given Stony with too many runs and we can't blame our losing on, on one decision. But, yeah, Andrew Chalmer is absolutely fantastic and delighted to see him in the runs.
0: Yeah, superb knock. 121, 7 76s, seven but as you say that 6 run win for Stonywood in the end but our other Centurions of the Week were Forfisher's Christian Robertson, Carlton's Abbey Aitken-Drummond and Karis Scott and Northern Lights' Elsa Lister and Megan McColl, Megan's second in two weeks. We had some entries into the bowling charts too, Fergusley's Haroon Tahir with 5 for 43 Charles Castle with 5 for 52 for Falkland and Maisie Messiera of Carlton who took 5 for 13 in their win over Grange. So there were a load of tight results last weekend, especially on Saturday. Andrew, what are you going to pick out then as your performance of the week?
1: I'm going to give it to the one that I saw in person, which was Andrew Chalmers' hundred. It was a phenomenal knock and deserved to be match winning. Uh, if one of the rest of our batsmen could have actually batted with them, I'll hold my hand up there and threw my wicket away. But to see in that kind of adversity and to nearly pull out the win, and probably should have pulled out the win if. If a decision went a different way, then it was one of the best knocks I've ever seen in person. To be honest, it was so composed and it did deserve a win. So yeah, Andrew Chalmers for me.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit and go for an individual and a team performance. I just couldn't decide what I should give it to. Um, the player of the week for me had to be Sterling County's mana Sahari, 171 not out out of Sterling's 267 for five against Langside. And then if that wasn't enough, five for 39 with the ball, uh, a red letter day and then some. Brandon McMullen scored 100 for Sterling last week. Now that performance from Sahari, I've been really impressed by Sterling County thus far. They had some great results last season. Remember that one run win over Fergusley, but a lack of consistency hurt them in the end. But this year, they've got three wins under their belts already, including that big one over Uddingston. Really well placed for the visit of Clydesdale next week. Uh, And then team-wise, I'm going for Western Scotland, a team that had a very similar season to Stirling County in 2021. I almost picked them twice over last week. Uh, their wins over Ayr and Carlton, but that was a superb win over Fergusley on Saturday. Joe Colgan's in good form with the bat, and James Fenner and Callum duty are up there with the ball, and they'll go into next week's game against Uddingston with loads of confidence. So anyway, into next week, and uh, too close to call, but we're going to call it anyway. Bit of a mare last time, uh, I'll be honest. Rosie's game got cancelled, and I got mine wrong, although I did... Say it will go right to the wire before Prestwick got over the line against Clydesdale. So I did say it will be tight. So I'm kind of claiming onto that a little bit. But what are you? Uh, what are you going for? Is your your too close to call game next week?
1: My too close to call game next week is going to be Forfarshire versus Harriet's Two very strong sides when they're at full strength. But obviously, we know given there are Scotland games going on, they're maybe not as strong as they as they would want to be for this kind of marquee fixture. But I reckon um, it's going to be a fantastic game and uh, will depend on individual performances shining through. Given it's a home fixture for them, I'm going to put my money on a home win for for Forfisher with a Craig Wallace 100 with a strike rate of over 150. That's what I'm going for. If I was putting money on it, that would be my bet.
0: And I think that's that's a really good bet as well. He's been in ridiculous form, hasn't he, Craig Wallace? So far,
1: yeah, I saw the scorecard for the game between the Scotland Performance Academy and Scottish Universities, where Craig Wallace scored a double century at four for sure. So he obviously likes scoring runs there. As I've more than enough experienced him hitting me and my teammates all around the park. So. I believe he's got a lot more runs in him this season and uh, he'll obviously be wanting to knock on that door of uh, uh, getting recalled for Scotland again. So uh, I'm putting my money on. Craig Wallace runs for for sure win.
0: Well, for me, that West-Uddingston game is going to be a really tight one in the Western Premier. But I have chosen the women's Premier game between Stu Mell and West of Scotland at Inverleaf. Both unbeaten now and Edinburgh are happy hunting ground for West this season already with that win over Champions Carlton in week one. Two real title contenders here, but I reckon Stumel will have enough to get over the line. Their opening partnership, Catherine Holland and Emma Walsingham, is a really, really good one. Uh, I remember last year when Stumel inflicted Carlton's only defeat of the season, in fact, at Grange Lone, and that was built on a 100 a partnership between Catherine and Emma, two really good batters who are a year older, a year more experienced, uh, are only getting better. And then they have Katie McGill, Catherine Fraser, as well as the likes of Hannah Short, Chloe Keeley, Molly Payton and so on. Loads and loads of options. I fancy them to make it three out of three. And if I had to put my neck out, actually, I'll go even further and say I fancy them for the title this year. Uh, you know, you've got some really, really strong contenders in there, like Northern Lights, who had another crunching win on Sunday, like Carlton, of course, who again had a big win over Grange. A lot of those sides have their Scotland batters opening up and driving the innings from the from the front. Stumel approached things slightly differently, where you've got that really strong partnership with Catherine and Emma, and then you've got the experience of people like Catherine Fraser, Katie McGill, to bring in below that. I think it's a really balanced side. It's a really uh, strong side, and it will be fascinating to see what happens come the end of the season. I mean, another one that we could also have added to our list is Watsonian's trip to Falkland. While well, we've got you here, I mean, a huge game for both teams. What are you uh, you thinking about that just now?
1: Well, first of all, I'm delighted that are back in the primary division i've always enjoyed playing against them and i especially enjoyed going to their ground even more so that we are playing pink ball now so i won't have to search for a red ball out of uh, the trees at one <laughs> end um but that ground and the facilities there and the way they make you feel welcome at that ground i've always been a big fan of their team um uh, the maybe exception being the first time I ever played against Falkland was when their pro was Ian Moran, uh, who played for Scotland at the time as well in uh, the CB40, I believe. And uh, he was not fun to face or bowl against. Uh, and that was a pretty miserable first experience at Falkland, <laughs> I'll be honest. But uh, apart from that, it's been... It's been a really enjoyable place to go and play cricket but this weekend as you say it's so important for both teams and just looking from our personal perspective as Watsonians well, we are we haven't won as many games as we feel we should have. Uh, we're not performing as well as we're not putting performances together as well as we want to We need to have a game where we bat bowl and field well all in one. And hopefully this weekend is the one that we do it. And uh, we are delighted that Mike Carson our captain's back from injury. Um, we are hopeful that Oliver Harris, who's just had his second, second baby is going to be available, but uh, family comes first and you don't want to rush him back there. Um, but we are, we're hungry for the wins and um, we'll be, we'll be up for it on, on Saturday. I, I'm, Looking at the scorecards, from what I've seen from Falkland, it looks like they're performing well as well. They had a fantastic game against Grange uh, last weekend um, that could have gone either way. Um, so we know it's not going to be easy, and I don't think there are any easy games in this league anymore. There definitely used to be, but there aren't any anymore, uh, which is which is great for the standard of the league. Uh, but we we need this win on on Saturday, and we're we're definitely hungry to to go up there and and take
0: a take a w back to my side yeah i mean as you say there's a story everywhere you look isn't there in the domestic game at the moment it's um it really is you know the old cliche of anyone can beat anyone but as all the divisions have shown so far that's uh that's very much the case um so really looking forward to following that and everything else that's going on of course but that is it from us for this week brocky thank you so much for coming on it's been great to have you
1: no problem i will come on anytime you want but i know that i am i have a mere substitute for the the excellent skills of rosie ryan and i bow down to her skills so whenever whenever i'm required i will jump in but um i'm, I'm nothing to you i'm nothing on you rosie nothing on you
0: <laughs> well all the very best for next weekend i mean rosie and i will be back next week as usual but until then thanks again for listening and goodbye